Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Seeking Our Lady's intercession, let us pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Good morning, brothers and sisters. So the Holy Father has asked all of the bishops of the world to ask all of the priests of their diocese to preach about the synod that is going to start this week, right? If you remember the title, it's called the Synod on Synodality, which I think is a terrible title, but it is what it is, right? So it starts this week, I believe it's on Tuesday, so we of course need to keep that in our prayers. Uh, but what is a synod and ultimately what does synodality mean? So a synod is a gathering of bishops, usually called by the Pope, to assist him through advice and direction in his governance of the universal church. That's what a, a synod is, an official synod. Um, so a gathering of bishops. So that's what's happening in Rome this week. There's this great gathering of bishops called by the Holy Father, and they're going to be discussing synods. So synodality is the concept, the idea that you gather a group of people together to seek their advice and wisdom so that you can make the best decisions. Now, you know there's been a lot of fear and, and controversy if you keep up with you know, conservative Catholic news. Everybody's terrified the church is gonna fall apart and it's all ludicrous. You don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Um, what is a synod and why is synodality important? And therefore, why is the Holy Father having a synod on this at all? You have to understand something about the Church of Jesus Christ. It's not a democracy. It's not a democracy. It's a dictatorship, right? We call it a kingdom, meaning there is one head who rules over all with absolute power over life and death. Now, his number one emissary in the world is the Pope. So the Pope is the head of the Catholic Church. He does not need any advice from any bishop anywhere to make his decisions. He's got all of the authority resting first and foremost with him. But is that the way that Christ taught the apostles to lead? No, of course not. What did he do at the Last Supper when he ordained them? He showed them by washing their feet. If I have come among you as one who serves, you do likewise. And so even though all of the authority of Christ is centered in the Holy Father, the popes have always led by calling synods or councils. This is where they can get advice and direction from their bishops to hopefully make the best decision for the church with, of course, and in and through the mind of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's just a very humble and appropriate thing to do. I mean, can one man, the Pope, know everything about the church throughout the whole world? Of course not. There's just too many things going on. So his bishops are his best advisors. But if you think about it logically, can every bishop know what's going on in all of his diocese? No, of course not. Of course he can't, he's just one bishop. So what does he have to do? He actually has to call a synod of priests. He gets his pastors, his priests from all over the diocese and he brings them together and he says, okay, what's going on? What do you think we need to be working on here and there? But can every priest or pastor of a parish know what's going on in all of his parish? I can tell you personally, he cannot. And so what does he do? He calls a synod of his parishioners together to advise him on different areas. You can call it a parish counselor, a finance counselor, whatever you want, but ultimately all they are are synods. It's a calling together of advisors so that the king, St. Dorothy's, I'm the king, 
I mean, Christ may be the king of kings, but Bishop Jugas is the king of Charlotte, Pope Francis, the king of the world, Christ, the king of heaven and earth. Does a king need advisors? If he's a smart king, he would recognize that. But does he need advisors to make decisions for the kingdom? No, he doesn't, because the authority and power rest with him. You see, the pope doesn't have to listen to any of the bishops. There have been heresies in the church that were so prevalent that when the bishop called a synod, most of the bishops were heretics. Study your church history. But in all of these instances, was the church led astray? No. The Holy Father called them all back to repentance. So you don't have to worry about any negative influence on the Holy Father. You have to understand this. As Pope, he doesn't have the power to go against God. He doesn't. He can't. He cannot. When he took upon himself, when he, I should say, when he accepted the role of the papacy after he was elected, he could have refused it. After he accepted it, he basically divested himself of some of his own free will. You don't realize this about authority. The greater the authority an individual has, the less free will they have, at least on a certain level. The Bible is absolutely clear on this. It says that God directs the hearts of the powerful and he leads them wherever he wants them to go. God does this. When you think of the heart of a person, you think of their desires, those inner movements, the things that they want, and on some level, their intentions. How many times throughout the Old Testament, when God was going to punish his people for their sin, did he inspire a foreign king to say, oh, look, Israel, they've got a lot of wealth and gold, and, and we can make a lot of good slaves. Let's go fight them. You think that foreign king knew that the Holy Spirit was inspiring him to do that? No. He thought it was his own good idea, or maybe some of his counselors recommended it. But in the end, when they went and enslaved the people of Israel, that was God's will. All they did was accomplish what God had inspired their leaders to do. And this is a concept that especially in this first world country, we don't understand. We think, because of this perverted philosophy that we have in this country, that authority is given from below. Meaning, I decide who's my president, my senator, my congressman, or we decide at least as a group. We elect and we empower. No, that is, according to Catholic tradition and teaching, heresy. It's just heresy, it's outright heresy. Why? Because the Bible is absolutely clear. All authority comes from God above. No authority comes from below. That's like giving your children a vote in what mom and dad decide to do on behalf of them. Is that really a smart idea? I mean, is that what you want, parents? Because if that's the philosophy of our, governing, of our government in this country, and we're trying to spread that philosophy to the rest of the world, why do you think the world is going to hell in a handbasket, as we like to say? Yeah, give children a vote and see how things go in your family. So what is the point of synodality if those in power and authority don't need the advice and direction? Again, there are two things. Either a wise and holy leader would know they can't know everything, and so... He seeks advice and direction and counsel from everybody and then makes his decision. That's the first. And the second is this, and this may be more important than many of you realize. People need to be heard. I very recently heard a quote from Martin Luther King, and he said that, is it Martin Luther King Jr.? Jr., yeah, I knew I was missing something. So Martin Luther King Jr., and he said that rebellion or revolution is the reaction to a people who are not listened to. Now, why does that happen? I want you to think of it in regards to your own personal life, just you, individually. 
St. Paul talks about this struggle that we have within each of us. He calls it the flesh warring against the spirit. And in one place he says, I do the things I don't want to do and I don't do the things I want to do. Like my mind, which is centered up here in my brain, which is on the top of my body called my head, is supposed to make decisions for the rest of the body. Right? I'm supposed to know what is good and true and the right thing and then do it. But how often is that not the case? How often do I know what I should do, but I don't want it? And so I do something different may be wrong. So the heart is not always in line with the head. There's not good communication. We even talk about that psychologically, the idea that your heart and your head need to learn to communicate better. But something that you might not know about the heart is this. If the head is constantly trying to control the heart without listening to it, the heart rebels. I'll give you a simple example. I'm sure all of you, for the most part, have experienced at some point in your life during Lent where you took on a penance that was stronger or harder than you could handle. And within a week, you just completely gave up. And it doesn't have to be a penance during Lent. It could be any task. You thought, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make myself do this. And then you just pushed yourself to do it as hard as you could, and you fell apart and completely abandoned it. That is the head trying to force the heart when the heart isn't ready. You think that's just a sign of weakness. No, that's a state of being. It's a reality. The heart is not supposed to be forced. It's supposed to be encouraged. Yes, you have to discipline it sometimes. Punish it, yes. But ultimately, you invite, you draw out. St. Paul says this constantly in his letters when he's writing to a specific town. He says, look, I could command you. I could command you to obey me. I've got the authority. I'm the apostle. But I would rather encourage you and invite you. It's the same with our God. He doesn't need your opinion when he makes decisions for your life. He's God. But how often are we taught by the saints that he wants to know what's on your mind and heart? Not because he's going to agree with you, because it's important that you be heard. Ultimately, that's the secondary level of synodality. As you know, in the last year, year and a half, the Holy Father has asked us as parishes to have these little meetings of the minds where you get to reveal to me all of the things on your mind and heart. And then I share those things with the bishop and the bishop shares those things with the pope and so on. Sometimes that's all you need to do to feel better is just speak your mind. Somebody to listen to you. It's not always going to solve your problems, but honestly, it usually makes you feel better and it calms your spirit. If we're not humble enough to listen to one another, then eventually that simply leads to rebellion. I'm absolutely certain that this synod is the will of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because Pope Francis decided on it, and he's the Pope. And if he decided on it, then it's the will of God for us. That means there's something in this, some lesson that the whole church needs to learn. You don't have to be afraid of the heretics. You don't have to be afraid of them. Do you really think for a moment that the church of Jesus Christ is going to fall apart? I mean, after 2,000 years, you really, th really think it's suddenly going to happen now? Our Lord has promised us it won't happen. It can't happen until he comes again in glory. At that point, it's too late, so who cares? There's no reason to worry or be afraid. Yes, there are heretical bishops. Of course there are. There always have been in the church. Surprise, surprise. The Holy Spirit is not going to allow Pope Francis to make any decision for the body of Christ that goes against the will of the king. On some level, that's the power of infallibility. It prevents the Holy Father from speaking error in official capacity. And there are many of you who can say, but Father, what about that one time when Pope Francis said this? What about that one time when Pope Francis didn't do that? Was he speaking definitively on some issue of faith and morals? Was he changing church, church teaching? 
was giving a private opinion. I mean, you can disagree with his private opinions. That's perfectly fine. Isn't everyone entitled to their private opinions? Now, I don't necessarily agree with everyone's opinions, and they can share it as they want. And yes, it can have certain effects in our lives, but I don't worry about those things. I don't focus on them. They're not my concern. In fact, it's usually best if you have a weak faith in this area to stay away from that kind of news. Because obviously, it just disturbs your faith, causes you to have worry and anxiety. Your, your faith is not strong enough that Jesus Christ will not let his church go astray. You need to not watch the news, read the news. Just stay away from it. As parents, you keep your children away from certain news because you don't think they're mature enough for it. Have you ever thought that maybe you're not mature enough for certain news? But Father Miller, I'm an adult. Yes, that's the same argument your children use. I'm not a baby. But it doesn't mean you're mature. It doesn't mean you're wise. All I know is that Christ will not fail me. And that his church will always be here to guide me. And all I have to do is stay faithful to her by my fidelity to our Pope. That's it. I do that. Even if I make some mistakes along the way, God in his mercy will bring me back. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.